Alrighty, let's do this. Welcome everybody to episode 83 of the Racing Line podcast. I'm joined by Joey tonight. Joey, mate, what a weekend of racing. How are you? Mate, it was a, another jam-packed weekend of racing. I'm really good. Uh, if I look a bit under the weather, it's like I just said, it's probably from staying up too late for the um for the British Grand Prix, but that was a pretty fantastic race to sort of stay up and watch. Mate, um, tell you what, Max got another boxes. win. Obviously, Max won. Uh, challenged by Lando at the start. What a getaway by Lando. Um, but... You know, Max led from the front the whole race, I think, from lap two. And I think Anthony put it in the chat as soon as Lando. Um, I was lap five. He, he, got over, he, he yeah. got overtaken on lap five. But you know what? He did well for those four laps or whatever to keep him behind. But, uh, you know, Red Bull kicking goals with Max, McLaren showing improvements, Williams, pretty much every team's showing an improvement. And, um I have a point about qualifying in that in a second, but what did you think of the race, mate? I thought the race was, um, it was, I thought it was a decent race. I think they definitely brought the wrong sort of tires to this race. They were just, they were too hardy mm. um, for a track like Silverstone in, uh, in hindsight. Um, Is that because no. of what happened in 2021 though, when, uh, or 2020, whenever it was that, Bottas's tyres went off. Lewis's tyres blew out in the last lap. They were too soft. It, it, it could be, but um, like I just like we've seen a few two-stop strategy races, a few, I think at least two of them in the last couple, and this one just didn't um, like you didn't really see any um, like reason to do a two-stopper. Even the like teams were were munching through tires through practice and qualifying, so they were even using um, worn tires in the race. And still, um, the one stopper was pretty much on for everyone. So, I just think, in hindsight, that that probably didn't lend itself to the greatest race in terms of overtaking. But I think as well, this was the first race where, like, Silverstone is such a good track for. Mm. Uh, measuring di- like what cars do well and what they don't do well. And yeah, probably the tires were too hard, but what it gave us was a, a really good measuring stick for where all the teams were. I think like when we're, we're nearly about halfway through the year now mm. um, and we might even, we might even do this first, the um, just have a discussion about sort of how the teams are shaking up. But I thought we, like it gave us a really nice sort of, um, just a, a little spread of what teams are doing what well, um, what drivers are sort of on the in the ascendancy, what drivers have sort of slackened off, and what teams have pro- probably not put their best foot forward in terms of the upgrade packages that they've brought because we pretty much have had an upgrade package now from everyone. And with the latest one from McLaren, um, Williams have brought a really efficient one as well. Um, Mercedes one is probably uh, probably sort of to the back of our minds because it's, it's probably, it was probably the first one that came out. But if you think about where the season was and when, when uh, where we mm. what were we thinking when the season began to where we are now, I think everybody the idea that everyone has about like who the best team is, um, what the pecking order is, has probably shifted massively. Yeah, I think that leads us into McLaren, mate, because. At the start of the year, you know, obviously myself and Anthony are McLaren fans. It was looking pretty bleak. Um, that car was looking like a bit of a tractor. I think they finished in the bottom five in Bahrain, probably similar in Jeddah. I can't remember off by heart. But uh, these this upgrade package that they bought in Austria for, for Lando in the first race, um, he finished P4 after all the penalties were given out. And then for Oscar and for Lando to put it on P2 and 3 in quali and then would have been on track to finish second and third in the race, I think it's – I don't know where it's come from. Like they've obviously decided that they they were trending in the, in the wrong direction after last year and the start of this year and have managed to correct it. Um, it's interesting because Andrea Stella – not Andreas, Andreas Seidel left at the start of the year. And that was, for me, a bit of a worry thinking this guy's jumping ship because of the the way the car's trending. But obviously the team's doing well. What do you think? 
Um, I think that from the start of the year, they, the car couldn't have got any worse, like really for, for, in terms of what the expectations sort of the team had. Um, they came to testing and they were really underwhelming and I was giving them a lot of um, shit about it and I think it was rightly deserved as well. Like I, I'm not going to take that back. Like I think for where they want to be to and where they were at that time, I think it was just like for the for the size of team they are and for the sort of the expectations and the investment that's gone into that team, I think it was just really underwhelming, mm. um, you know, for a team of that magnitude. And you sort of look through the the early season results for um for M- McLaren, and there was like seventeenth in retirement in Bahrain, fifteenth, seventeenth in Saudi Australia. They got a sixth and an eighth, then they got a ninth in Azerbaijan with Norris, but then. They had a ninth, tenth in Monaco, and then the next points came last week at Austria, or last race at Austria, and then they've had this amazing result um, this weekend. But the, I think the the biggest shift has been in all those other results. Yeah, they were sort of nipping and nipping at sort of the back end of the ten until the last two races. But in terms of like the the complete performance of practice sessions and qualifying, um they look like a team that, you know, knows sort of what they're, they're going about. They don't look lost in the wilderness. The team has confidence. The drivers have got their swagger back. Um, and then a weekend like this sort of out of nowhere, but then mm. you've got two cars with, with uh, you know, the upgraded packages uh, and for both uh, the drivers and sort of, replicate the same performance on, on, like I was saying, a track that you can't, you can't hide on Silverstone, you know, it's a, it's a track where you need straight speed and you need aero. And they definitely have both of those in spades. I think it's for McLaren fans, for the team in general. And I think even the fact that it was a British Grand Prix and it's a very proud British team, this is really what they need. It's like a massive shot in the arm. Yeah. It'll be uh I think the next race in Hungary will be a good test for them because obviously the Hungara rings a little bit different to Silverstone, a lot more slow speed corners than what Silverstone has. But, you know, even Lewis, when he was on the soft tires at the end there in the second, after the safety car and Lando was on the hards, um, A, Lewis couldn't really pull away from Piastri, which was, you know, I, I have a thing I want to say about Oscar in a second, but... Lando was able to keep Lewis behind him on hard tires when Lewis had softs and Lewis said on the radio, I, I can't keep up with them through the high speed corners like maggots and Beckett's and cops and all that. So I think um, that's a, that's an indictment of what they've done. They've obviously been pretty critical on themselves as we've all been on them and they've managed to turn that car around. And I haven't seen a team make this much of a correction in a, in a, in a season, let alone 10 races in a, in a long time. What, have you? Not, I can't think even, of. It's not even a season. It's like one upgrade package. It yeah. is. It is. Um, it's probably the most efficient upgrade package mm. I've ever seen. Hundred percent. The step that they, we could be, and I'm not going to say this as of definitely now because I think I want to see. I want to see them at Hungara Ring slightly. Different. If 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 they can perform like this next race, mm. I will say this. This car has vaulted from probably fifth or sixth in sort of where they were at the start of the um, season, probably even worse, probably seventh. Yep. And they could, they, this could be the second best car going into the second half of the season. Like it, it really could be that sort of drastic of a jump. Um, and although I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if they can really make inroads into Ferrari and Aston Martin and Mercedes, if it is the upgrade. in terms of in terms of the constructors, yeah. Well, I, I suppose there is still half a season to go, and those teams have sort of got ahead in the in that half a yep. season. Um, and by rights, if one of the if if, if they're making the gains, and there's, there's going to be a team who's missing out on the points. Mm. Um, but like this could be a jump from like nearly cellar dwellers to second best car on the grid. It is such an efficient package. It's, they've bolted. They've bolted so much error on, like efficient error onto that car, without dragging it out, like without making it draggy. 
Um, and this is without the, you know, the wind tunnel that was going to save all their problems, like sort mm-hmm. of fix all their problems as well. Um, yeah, it's, it was, yeah, I was, I was just going to say, like the, you think back to the start of the season, they were slow on the straights, they were slow in the high speed corners, they were slow in the low speed corners, meeting, they were just slow. And and now, like Max with DRS, it took him three laps to pass Lando, and we know how powerful the DRS is on that Red Bull. Like, I, I just, I didn't foresee this coming because of their I didn't realize if you all, if all they needed to do was put some chrome paint on the car and it would fix all their problems. It's such a it's such a cheap and inefficient way to get you know so much better. <laughs> what a livery, but bring it. Bring so it's so wise. I just I haven't I did never had that wisdom to understand that was a problem. No, but keep that livery for the rest of the year. That um, is a is a beautiful livery. Hundred um, percent, Oscar. Oscar, this guy. You give, the, you give the man a car that actually works, and he's straight on the pace, mate. He, the the average qualifying distance, and yet Lando's nine one up, and you'd expect that in his rookie season, and and that's fine. Um, but it's the qualifying difference. It's two and a half tenths, I believe, averaged out over the whole season. And when you think Lando's been in that car since 2019, I think, well, he's been at McLaren for, since 2019. Um, that That is an amazing result for a rookie in his first season, considering he didn't come up through that team. He was at Alpine, which is a whole nother story in itself at the moment. Um, but for him to be so on the pace and what did he, I think he qualified half a 10th behind Lando this weekend or whatever it was. Amazing. I don't know the, I don't know the specifics. But it was like a they were they both set great qualifying laps. Mm. And I will say as well, just about qualifying. I've never sort of heard the roar that Lando got when he <laughs> went went to provisional pole from the crowd at any race. I think I've I've never like really taken notice of it um, until yeah, whatever it was on Saturday uh, night. What a um, what an awesome like couple of seconds that was just to see the crowd go insane. So um, good. But especially even for um, for Oscar, his race pace was just as quick as Lando. His um, he was he was quicker at the start, I think. He was definitely quicker at the start, and then he sort of got um, told to you know fly in formation, which I have no, I have no, I have nothing against that as well. Like I think that is the smartest thing for them to do. Mm. Um, and then even like on, on race pace, he pitted first. He got that un- he got the undercut yield, and yeah, the safety car d- sort of did him dirty. And I've heard a lot of people say, "But what if like the safety car?" I'm like, listen, it is like, what it is. It is it's racing, and, and like waiting for a safety car at a track like or playing the long game at a track like Silverstone, waiting for a safety car is in itself part of a like very feasible strategy. So the teams who were playing that game, you know, they were doing it for a reason. It was, yeah, they were hoping, but it's just something that usually happens. Um, But then again, to, for both those cars to sort of be on those harder tires in that, at the end of the race. And this is, this is the drivers and the, the cars as well for the, for them to be on the, on the non-optimal tires, Mm. And to really be able to sort of lean on it to defend, I, I don't know. I, like I don't know if, if like really, they were the wrong ties to be on because what we saw at the end of those stints with um, all the drivers who had taken those softs when that like George was able to sort of run those softs really long, but he was sort of driving very cons- like not conservatively but very measured, um, knowing that he had to ma- he had to stretch the length of them. But when sort of Albon and Alonso and um, Hamilton uh, and Pierre as well, like when they all bolted on those softs, they were going, uh, you know, they were going, um, they were going hard. Like they weren't messing mm-hmm. about. They were trying to make those overtakes, and they didn't. They didn't. They sort of just lasted that length of the race. Um, so yeah, well- so once once that initial sort of push happened. They were probably not a bad sort of tire to be on with the McLarens were on. 
Yeah, well, in the last lap, I don't know if you if you saw. Um, I think at the start of the last lap of the race, Oscar was like one point three seconds behind Lewis, and he ended up like six tenths. Like he was just yeah. catching him. So I think one more lap would have had Lando uh, Oscar on the podium. But those, those soft tires really like went off quick. Mm. Um, um, but so like I think in hindsight, like it probably wasn't a bad decision by the team to to sort of keep them on those tires and 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 keep mm. their track position. Yep, definitely. I um, but I think I, as like this week, sort of really showed more than anything that yeah, you can you know you, a, a driver can have as much talent and drive as he wants, but like as a motorsport, Formula One is such a team sport mm-hmm. because the power of sort of how you go on the weekend is still so much in the hands of the team, and literally 21 days ago before these um, cars had hit the track before Austria, you, no one would have foreseen sort of how this team is now perceived. Like it's, it's, it's been a, a, such a 180 switch in a good way. And it has just made the, the midfield battle even more interesting for the next half of the year. Yeah. Like, as I said, I just want to see them at, the Hungaro ring, because I think that'll be a big test for them considering the way that track is. But another team that I'm super impressed by, and they've made some changes recently and they've had some investment, Williams, um, your team, Albon, even Sargent this weekend. And I, you mentioned it to me in the chat, mate. And I honestly wasn't looking that far down because McLaren was so much further up the field, but Albon's been driving the wheels off that thing all year, but Sargent seems to be slowly um, getting up to his pace. And this car is consistently getting into Q3 now. Mate, if you had said to me at the end of last year that Williams are going to be fighting for Q3 every race, I would have laughed at you. Like, what a turnaround for them as well. I think, I think for Williams, it has been such a measured and intelligent way of uh, slowly making gains. But a thing that they keep harping on about is they're making gains without... Um, hampering the the advantages that this car has, slippery. because they know they know that they've got they, they know they've got this slippery fast car, and yeah, they're trying to make gains on it. But the the last thing they want to do is puts you know sort of redesign the car that the one thing that it does well mm. sort of gets lost, especially if sort of for the battle that they're in as well. Like they're not they're not. The, the, the best position they're going to finish now is seventh. And I think like even two weeks ago, if you said they can finish seventh, I would have thought, well, mm, mm. I can't see them getting more than 10 points this year. Haas is on 11. That will be sort of a long shot. Um, and bang, they're, they're, they're on 11 points as we speak. So like I think as a, as a, as a team, uh, Albon's doing the heavy lifting, which is what he's there for. James Vowles has really built the team sort of camaraderie out of nothing. Like he's, it's, this is all him. Mm. Um, and like at the moment, there's just, there is no pressure on Logan to do anything other than learn. But I think come the end of the year, I think he will contribute some points to this points total as well, because he's like, as a team that as, as one goes, the other goes like they're never, it's, he's never, um, sort of had a race where it was sort of like Lando and Danny Rick or like when a teammate is really good. Max and Checo. Or, or, or like, yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, or I would say like uh, Alonso and Stroll kind of races where one can mm. be in, on the podium and the other one isn't scoring points. Like the, he usually is, is a couple steps behind Albon, but they're both sort of tracking in the same direction. And this week he got the the upgrade package. Like oh, I think last race he got the proper upgrade package. Um, but like as a team, they're just putting, like, they're just doing the little and doing the little things. And like, as I'm not trying to be biased, I just, but I just, I think they are undebatably, like undebatably the better of the bottom four teams at the moment. Like it's, they're the only team, they're the only team I think that, and this is still track, like track specific. Like, I don't think it's going to really work at hung, like at, um, hungry next race. But like at tracks like Monza and Spa, where you know top speed is paramount, is paramount. Um, I think they they are like the only team of those bottom four that can say we have a few tracks where mm-hmm. we can 
we can target points off nothing, like without really waiting for a calamity from someone else. Like we have the pace to get points, like steal a couple of points at these races where I think all the other teams in the bottom four are sort of like, we can score points, but we need a lot of things to fall out or we need things mm. to fall our way. Um, and I think that's due to the fact that they, that car has got one very specific strength and um, a driver who's like at the, like Albon is at a, like he's driving it and he's putting it in positions where he's like, All right, I'm risking it. I'm risking everything for this race for a couple of points. Mm. Like he even said after the race yesterday, when um, him and when he overtook um, Carlos, he said, I, I was racing it so hard that I knew that if he came around that corner with me, we we're probably going to crash. <laughs> um, and I was hoping that he wouldn't follow me around the corner, which he didn't. So, you know, like as a team, massive, massive sort of change in, like change in fortunes. Um, well, they're currently, they're, they're up to seventh in the constructors. Um, and looking at the, at the constructors table, those four teams are at the start of the season were unquestionably the, the bottom four. Maybe you could probably could have probably thrown McLaren into that mix the way the car started out. But out of those four now, Haas look, they qualify really well, but their tires go off really quickly. So they they move backwards, you know, rapidly in a race. But out of those four teams, Williams are the only ones that are constantly pushing for that Q3. Alfa Romeo is absolutely nowhere at the moment and Alpha Tower is the same. So for them to go from what is the last five years coming 10th in the constructors? I think, to, I think there was one year they came ninth when Mick Schumacher and Mazepin were at um, Haas. Were at Haas. But other than that, yeah, it's been hmm. bottom, of the, bottom of the rungs for a couple of years, that's for sure. And that, that that's, I know it's still only seventh, but that's a significant jump if they finish in seventh place from 10th. That's a, that's a, that's a massive jump, and yeah. it's more than like it's it's a massive jump, but it's also a massive. It's it's a lot of a lot more money for a mm-hmm. team that you know definitely needs it. Yeah. Um, but I think as a as a team, now they have the belief to sort of chase that as well. Mm. Like they've definitely got a direction. Um, they've got sort of drivers who can like I. I didn't know what to make of Logan Sargent, this, like really this, you know, I wanted to see what he was ma- like sort of made of, but the last couple, like the last couple of races, I know he hasn't done, he hasn't scored any points, hmm. but he, like even yesterday, he like, he wasn't just, you know, when Latifi was there and he sort of would exist, but he was never making time on anyone. He was sort of always coming last of the cars that finished. Yeah. That's not, that's not the case anymore. No. Like Logan's progressing. He's definitely beating a lot of like the cars, like the cars around him that you would expect to be. Like he's making moves and he's finishing ahead of those cars. Um, I think realistically, he's it's going to be sort of when the car is on for points, he'll probably be at the back, the top end of that back ten, and Alvin might squeeze a few, a few. Hmm. But on the chance that crazy things happen, you know, there's always a chance for him to slide in a bit. And I think yesterday as well, he was very fortuitous about what happened with the Alpines. Um, but you've got to be there to sort of capitalize anyway. But I just think like from, from when I look at sort of the spread of how these, the bottom four teams have been performing this year, I look at Haas. They haven't scored points since the fifth race of the year. They haven't like the, the best result from round six from Monaco on was yesterday, which was 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, like and that's when sort of teams have just started bringing in upgrades. upgrades. So um, since the upgrades, I think they're probably the worst. Them and well, Alpha Tari haven't scored points since round four. So you can you mm-hmm. can definitely see that them two teams are the teams that haven't scored any points for you know a, a quarter of the season now, and they're the teams that have haven't brought any significant upgrades yet. If they will, sort of. We'll wait and see, but they're definitely losing out on those upgrade gains that I think every other team has really benefited from at the uh, at the yeah. moment. I think that's why Helmet came out and said, "No more bloody develop your own car for AlphaTauri. They're going to 
take as many parts as they can from Red Bull because it's just not working at the moment. And when they were strong a few years ago, when Pierre was pulling out results and all that, that's pretty much what they were. They were taking parts from Red Bull. So don't know why that stopped. But, um, yeah, look, I think the more cars we have fighting for, for points, the better. And that was another thing I wanted to say. The qualifying spread between the top 10 or, you know, even probably top 15 was – insane like you can see now that these other teams are slowly catching red bull because i don't know if red bull's kind of the performance increments are plateauing like they're not able to eke out as much performance anymore in in terms of upgrades whereas the other teams are slowly catching like it's still on such a better car like they're not even close i don't think they're bringing upgrades because i think they've got that salary cap problem that salary what's it called the um the fine or whatever it is. That fine, yeah. So I think for them, they're trying to minimise how much they're mm. going to be investing in this. Oh, they have to anyway. Like we're getting to a stage where they're not going to be able to invest anymore. But yeah, but, um, the rest of the grid has definitely shrunken the um, the room for error because even like I was, I was sure that Checo would be able to race up into the podium yesterday, yeah. and I think. I think the tyres that Pirelli sort of chose didn't allow that as much either, but still I was like from like from where the teams are at the start of the year, that would have been not a, a hard um, mm. sort of mission for him. But I think like now you're seeing you can, he can race into the 10, but even like the, the, how hard it was, like just how much harder it was for. Well, we saw it with with Max trying to overtake Lando, hmm. and then every time um, Checo sort of had to overtake someone coming through, he had to be a lot more aggressive. The car, like just the way that the car was uh, following, and then even deploying that DRS wasn't having the same gains it was having at the start of the year, um, which is so much better for for us yeah. fans watching it that we, that the the the, the midfield is is so tight and so track dependent. Mm. Um, but it's really what we want. I found it interesting that Checo wasn't able, I think he only made two overtakes because because a lot of the overtakes happened through either strategy or um, pit, stops. pit stops or, or something like that. So, yeah, he, his ability to cut through the field, whether Max would have been able to do a better job, who knows, but... Yeah, it looks like their wings have been clipped a little bit, um, which is which, which is which, which is, is what nice. you would expect as well. Yeah, it's what we what the sport needs. Um, but, but I think like what you were saying last week about what, where do I see him next year? Like he didn't do himself any favors again this week. It's five um, five five qualifying sessions in a row where he hasn't made Q three. Do you want to know something crazy? Max Verstappen, if he was a constructor, yeah, would be winning the championship. Like that's how. Little help, um, Checo. Checo is sort of offering at the moment. Um, do do we now? Now that's happened five times in a row. He's obviously not able to cut through the field. Is there a realistic chance that he gets moved on? And I don't know when. Whether it's mid year, end of year, probably won't happen mid year. End of year, do they go? Look, mate, off you go. I think I think Red Bull are gonna have to take stock at end of year mm. and see what, where the competition is because like we've like we've said a few times when you look at the li- the lineups at a team like Mercedes now you look at the lineup at a team like McLaren uh team like Even Ferrari, Ferrari. yeah so they're, they're three teams that have lineups that both drivers contribute um and all things being even mm. uh Red Bulls sort of team pairing doesn't have that, that same, like sort of both, both drivers com- contributing at the moment. Mm. Um, so I think they're definitely going to have a look at that. And, and, and when the, when the sort of season is closing, they're going to go, well, if like we have, we have, you know, we're say, say we're two tenths up, like on the, on the, on the chasing pack. If like, do we have an upgrade? Mm the works that is going to, you know, that is going to propel us to, you know, a couple more tents that we have an undeniable car again, uh, or is, you know, or has the field shrunk, which it should do it anyway. Mm. Um, 
and in, in that respect, I think they they won't be able to to um, take the risk um, because these other teams are just getting hungrier, and they've just they've all got better double you know mm. uh, two two driver lineups. So I think it's too early to say that now, but he's just every time every race like this is just hurting him. He's just hurting his odds. Like it's, it's crazy when you see sort of at the start of the year, one uh, Red Bull, one, two, Red Bull, one, mm. two, Red Bull, one, five, Red Bull, one, two, Red Bull, one, two, then Red Bull, one, 16, Red Bull, one, four, mm. Red Bull, one, six, Red Bull, one, three, Red Bull, one, six. Like there's been a massive, definitely a bigger change in the, the last five races compared to the first five. It's undeniable. Now I'm biased to Danny Rick and we know that. So I'm not going to take part in this conversation. I'm just going to pose the question. If he does well in his testing, he's killing it on the sim. Do they put him in the car if, if, if he's meeting those expectations? I don't know. Fair enough. Neither do I. Um, I honestly don't I, know. If- I wouldn't put him in the main team. Like I just... The, the thing with the Red Bull main team, it is, it is so temperamental and it is so max focused. But he's devil's, like if, ad, devil's advocate. He knows where he stands now. He's not there to fight for championships, which is what he wanted last time. He's not, he's had a shit go at McLaren. He got beat down. So now if he comes into Red Bull, he's, he's going to be, all right, I'll be fighting for wins, not for championships, but I'll be fighting for wins again. Does he just sit there and cop it? If Red Bull want to, I think if Red Bull want to see what Danny Rick can do, put him in the car before the end of this year. Oh, would they do that? You reckon? I don't think so, but I would. Mm. I wouldn't. I would not make the decision on bringing Danny Rick for a whole season but in the off season. season. Yeah, like I don't think. I don't think it is the best thing for that team. I don't even think it's the best thing. Like it's the best thing for Danny Rick, and I. Like me, and I think I've always like I've always sort of gone back to this. If they've got these young drivers in these other championships and their car is so good, like we've seen now, when you like we've seen it for for years, like when a young driver, a young hungry driver who's good enough gets given a car that's good enough, they can perform straight away. Russell's done it. Norris has done it. We've seen Piastri just do it yesterday. Mm. Um, like it is, it it's not a it's not really a thing of oh these these generational talents don't need years to grow. There's there's a spark instantly. If you believe that you've got that in your junior categories, I think that is the best sort of position to put a young driver with Max or keep Checo in the car. But you'll know that by the end of this year. If you have doubts on Checo, give Danny Rick. Mm. No pressure, six races at the end of the year. No pressure, show us what you've got. You know, there's no contract at the end of it, but then you've evaluated all your, you mm. know, all your your avenues. But I wouldn't, I don't think it's something that you go, oh, we're not sure, but we're going to put someone in this seat for a whole season, mm. you know. Because, like, DeVries is obviously not performing well. Um, no, DeVries is done. And you know how Checo performs in that car. Like you said, do you go towards the end of the season, Checo? You're in DeVries' seat for the rest of the year. We're going to put Danny Rick in it to give him a test. I don't know. I honestly don't know if they'll even do it, but who no, else do no, they put actually, in the car? Who else do they put in the car? Well, they do have Liam Lawson. Yeah, I don't. I think he's destined for Alpha Tauri, mate. I don't see them putting another young guy he, in. He might He might be destined for Alpha Tauri. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't think... I just don't think they've got the options that they used to have. Mm. Like there used to be a time when there was like a handful of five young drivers ready to go. Mm. Now they're calling up drivers, a driver that they've gotten rid of, another driver who was never part of the academy. Mm. They've got another driver in AlphaTauri who was never part of the academy. And mm. what was seen as a token Japanese racer who is he's doing better than he's ever done. But I don't see him as... No, um, the answer either. So, like for them, they're, they're, there's so much unknowns involved in every sort of racer that 
um, and I, I think the decision is going to come down to Horner because we've seen sort of Helmut Marco put his stamp on the DeVries thing and that yeah. hasn't worked out. So I think it's definitely going to be a, a, a Christian Horner gut feeling. And then he loves Danny thing. Rick. And, he, and I think the one thing that Danny Rick has in his favour is that he is from the system. Mm-hmm. The, the team still love him. The fans still love him. Um, I can see sort of, I can, you can hear slight like slight remarks that uh Horner is saying on the radio to Checo. Yeah. You know, in, in even yesterday he said, imagine if you had qualified better, you would have been able to raise <laughs> up even further. And it's like, dude, like <laughs> I love like, I, I hate him, but I love him at the same time. Like it's 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 such a sort of very temperamental situation. But yeah, they can't they can't I think the, the thing I'm trying to say mainly is they can't afford to make the wrong decision. Hmm. You know, like when you look at sort of, we'll discuss this now, the pecking order of of how the, how sort of the season is shaping out. Red Bull's going to win it with Max now breaking um, records. <laughs> like proper, like these are, I didn't realise that Lewis had never won six races in a row. Yeah. I couldn't believe Nico Rosberg had done it while he was at Mercedes and Lewis hadn't. Like this yeah. is, that has blown my mind. So the fact that they're going to... um they're going to get six on the trot with Max is, uh, or they've got six on the trot with Max. They're definitely going to be trying to make it seven. They're going to win this season off the back of Max, which is fine. He's, he's making a, a statement this year that is pretty undeniable. Um, but when you look at sort of where the other teams are sort of falling, Mercedes making slow steps, then they haven't made a jump like McLaren has. They haven't had like sort of the flashy start of the season like um, uh, Alonso had in the Aston Martin, but they're making significant gains and both their drivers are super consistent, you know. Um, That is really what's going to help them more than anything. Uh, Ferrari, I thought Ferrari had turned the corner after Austria. And then I think yesterday the strategy didn't help them that much, but the fact that they were stuck in a Williams sandwich, I think says a lot. That it does say that there is still, uh, like that. I think that car is the most temperamental of those four. Like it can be really on mm. and it can also be really off. Um, well, Carlos was obviously on the wrong tire after the safety car, he just got eaten up. I felt sorry for him because there's one stage where he got pushed wide, and then mm. I think. Albon took him and Charles took him. Albon took him and, but who, I can't remember who, who made the initial pass. Albon was, was in front of him. No, but, no, but someone overtook. Um, probably Alonso. Yeah, well, probably was Alonso. Yes, they, it was like a, he just lost three, he lost three positions in like three corners. It was, mm-hmm. and I felt sorry for him because he just didn't have the, the tyres to fight for it. But like, then you look at the, the how well that McLaren. Mm handled those harder tires. And I think in one or two races time that this pecking order is going to be shaping up even more. But I think now it's, well, Red Bull on the top, shrinking margin, but still comfortable. Then I would say from what I've seen, Mercedes and and McLaren a tie in terms of, I think the Mercedes car might be more consistent at more tracks yep. at the moment. But I think McLaren's just, got more chance for highs than the Mercedes. Yeah. yeah. I think I like I think they've the Mercedes is really good in in like ultra low speed corners. And it's usually it's pretty fast as well. But the McLaren has got crazy top end hmm. and through fast sweeping corners, it's so planted. Like and it's crazy how like how the perception of this team has just changed overnight. Um, it looks like they've gone back to the philosophy of Danny Rick's first year, where they were super dude, quick. Can you imagine Danny Rick going? What? So now you gave him downforce in a quick car? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor bastard! But um, yeah, it looks like they've returned back to that. Like they were really quick at Monza, Russia, like all those sort of tracks. But then they weren't so good at others like the Hungara ring and stuff. So that's why I'm holding out for the next race. But um, if, if they're good, at, if they're good at Hungara ring, they've literally ticked off three totally different tracks. Yep. Um, and 
and sort of they're learning at the at the same stage that Mercedes is learning now. But like I think Ferrari is it's going to be Mercedes with uh, McLaren. You can choose them how you want them. I, I don't. I think they're like a tier below. Mm-hmm. And then it's Ferrari, very close, but below. But I think out of the out of these teams, Aston Martin has really mm-hmm. got caught with their pants down. Like from where they were sort of envisaging, envisaging themselves at the start of the year, you know, third, 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 and they had like four, they had four thirds in the first five races. They have been so far sort of off that now, like. The, the Mercedes have interjected themselves. Ferraris put themselves in there. McLarens now put themselves in there. I don't think there's any room for them to really be get to be getting significant points anymore. I, I um, think I think Alonso at a track like the Hungara Ring will make the difference between between the car's performance and the others. Like I don't I don't I don't think I don't I honestly don't think that he can because even yesterday, end of the race, Albon was catching him consistently. They were both on the same tires consistently, mm. like like metronomically until the Ferraris caught him and he had to defend rather than attack. And it wasn't just that. Then it was Sargent consistently t- um, marching up to the back of Stroll at the exact same time. Like it was, it was a consistent, uh, like I was seeing it happen on both fronts and I was like, this car started mm. the season, had the downforce, had the speed, has not had a significant sort of meaningful upgrade mm. since then. And I think so many teams have have um, sort of passed them by. And it's not that they've made massive gains, the other teams, but there's just now another f- six cars that can get between them and those, you know, f- whatever it is, 16 points a race. If any team is going to get overtaken by, Mc- by McLaren, I'm putting my money on them. Yeah, well... They're another team that's fighting with one hand behind their back, really, with one driver. And that, that's the other point. Like, there's one driver on that team mm. who isn't, and I say this out of with fondness, is not helping their cause at all. Even yesterday, he was racing against Gasly, and I thought Gasly was having a fantastic race. I felt really like I was worried because I was like, this Alpine actually looks like it's it started back but it, mm. it was the only car that was really making inroads in chasing other cars. And they sort of got caught out with the safety car. But even after that, they were the only car that was really making ground like metronomically. And then he got to stroll and stroll just, just dicked him. And I, I, I was like, I was like, there was like the, the move was so rook, like so rookie. And I've always defended him. I was like, but that's just like such a stupid move. Mm. Um, yeah, then but, he was complaining on the radio too. Yeah, and he just he just looked he just looked sour. I was like, man, like he, that that was that was uncalled for. Like he didn't have the pace on them. He like he could have passed you if if he hadn't, or he he had passed you, and then you decided to drive into him off the track. Um, and I think that's the team I felt sorry for the most yesterday was was Alpine because they had the one engine failure and and then. Old Canada just fucked up the other guy. But Alpine, they got the podium in Monaco. Laurent Rossi, whatever his name is, the CEO of Renault, came out before Monaco and said they need to sort their shit out. Got the got the podium, but I don't think they've scored a point since the podium. Or if they have, it's been it's like tenth or ninth. They've scored minimal points yeah. since the podium. But yesterday was the first race. In five races, they haven't scored points. Yeah, but in saying that, they have had this issue with reliability. Think back to the engines. Ago. Think back to the engines in the Red Bull. That's yeah. why Red Bull went to Honda. Honda was had the worst name after the McLaren debacle, GP2 engine, all that. And Red Red Bull took the punt and went to um, Honda over Renault back then. Danny Rick was in that car. I think he retired something ridiculous when he was at Renault in the first year. The second year was a bit better, but I don't know why they can't sort out their reliability. Like they're an OEM. Like what? Well, look, the crazy thing was, I think it was, I don't, I don't think it was last year. It might have been the year before when they publicly said, we're going to run these engines hard so we can work out where the um, threshold. 
where the threshold is. The thing is they can't develop the engines during the season. So they have to know where the threshold is mm. and not exceed it. But I think what's happened is they need to, like where the, where the competition has gone, they might be pushing harder. They need to push harder to sort of get the same results. Um, but yeah, like I think, I think they're, they're stuck in a weird situation because they're a team that has a car that's pretty decent, but unfortunately there are cars like they're like, I think Williams is going to cause them problems because on certain tracks mm. they, they can get amongst them and take valuable points on off them. And then like this race from McLaren has given them so many points that now they've dropped behind McLaren as well. So, but then they're, they're still within touching distance. I just, I just don't see the, the same gains that no. McLaren has made over this week and that they've made in the last two years. Um, yeah. So I think, I think they're a, they're a team with potential. I can see, I can't see Otmar seeing out the season if the results continue this way, because the way that Lauren Rossi was talking earlier this year, um, which is disappointing because I like Otmar, but if it's a results game, right? I don't, I don't think Otmar is the, is the, leader of OEM I think is a leader of a good midfield team mm. who's not trying to be world champions but to be the leader of an Alpine mm. McLaren Ferrari Mercedes Red Bull even now Aston Martin with the you know with what they want to do I just don't see him as that kind of drive I see him more as a like if he was to go if he was to step into Alpha Tauri or Alfa Romeo mm. or Haas something like that I think they're like the teams that he could really help. Um, I just, return of re- return of Bernardo. That's what I reckon. It might be the move. I think I, I do think like as a team they just they're they're like a little kid trying to play in the big boys leagues, and no matter mm. how hard they try, they're just not there. Mm. But they they've never shown like a moment when you go oh, you know th- that that was a, a a little like the inter like who's what's his name. Um, Stella from McLaren has been there for six months and he has managed to galvanize the team mm. and without the new people coming in, they've developed an upgrade package that works amazingly. Like this, this is the wake up call for all the teams to go, yo, you guys can actually make this amount of gains on one mm. upgrade package. What are we doing? Like, and I can see teams like Mercedes going back this week and going, what have we missed? Teams like Ferrari going, what have we missed? Mm. I just don't look at Alpine and go see someone in that team that goes, like, what have we missed? Like, why why can't we make that kind of gain? Bring back Cyril. Um, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I think for me, the way that the season started out, where the points are laying at the moment, like obviously Haas look like a better car, but, you know, for me, they're in the bottom two at the moment, bottom three maybe because of Alfa Romeo for me, I think uh, probably the worst, if not second worst car at the moment, just because they they can't. They're always fighting around the 18 to 13. Like they're never in... Top they 10. can't get it. They can't get there. Alpha Alpha Tauri is the worst car. Yes, and I yep. think I think that's undisputable. And I don't think it's going to get any upgrades. Like I don't. I think this year is a is a let's get right off. Get it's a write off. Out of the next three teams, I think Haas Haas's problem is that is they're they're quick in qualifying. Mm. They have they they can't look after their tires. But now at least they're Alpha, quick somewhere. Yeah, well, they, 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 at a track, oh, they, we've passed that track, but, um, probably on slow speed tracks, if they can have a decent qualifying, they're probably going to be, they might be able to snag a point, a couple of points. Like they, they have got one thing that they're decent at. Mm. Um, the only thing is that when you look at, uh, Williams have made big enough gains now that they're also getting in good positions in qualifying somewhat consistently. Um, and Alfa Romeo, they just having they're having like little gremlins, like consistently now that is sort of getting in the way. And the thing with Alfa Romeo is that that car is good for getting ninth or tenth, but then they're not they're not getting like they need to qualify can, higher. 
yeah, that's, they need to have a better qualifying because if you can snag one seventh position, you're getting more points from one seventh than you are from getting a ninth and tenth together. Mm. Like that's how they have to look at it. And they're the, I think they're the car that can't, that can't do that out of, out of those. So they get, they might get more single individual scoring uh, sort of moments, but they're not getting, they haven't got the ability to sort of push up sort of into the middle of that 10. Whereas I think the Williams on like a track like Spa coming up, a track like Monza might be able to do that. Um, whereas the Alpha, the Alpha is not good, is not great at anything, but it's not bad at anything either. <laughs> you know, it's like a blunt knife. It's like a nothing car, really. Well, the Alpha Tower is a nothing car. But, mate, I. Uh... But, you know, but you know what? Having said that as well, the spread is still tight enough. Mm. They can all they they. There's no car that is like a Williams from three years ago that is just mm. in a league of its own. Um, there is still the ability for you know with with smart tire strategy, um, sort of playing the cards that you're dealt with right. These teams can hinder each other from scoring points, but also be ready to sort of capitalize on a couple mistakes from the big runners. Mm. Um, which is definitely going to come as this season keeps going and getting more and more intense. Um, and I think that's where the best prepared team out of these bottom four is going to really make a difference. Um, and I just don't think that Alfa Romeo is Alfa Romeo and Alfa Tauri are really that prepared, like in terms of how they run. Yeah. And that seems to be Williams at this point, but I think undisputably, Undisputedly, Red Bull are, are in a league of their own. Um, you know, that from second to let's say eighth, we can move the order around a little bit. But no one, I think Max is in a league of his own. Yeah, correct. It's not, it's not, it is Red Bull, but it's more Max. Max is definitely like he can pull out the, the qualifying times and he wants them. He, he, you know, he. The thing is, well, that I was surprised, not surprised, like I was, it was generally sort of so, such a sign of maturity was that like yesterday when Norris took the lead, he could have panicked. He could have mm. sort of, he could have sort of uh, pushed the envelope and done something stupid. I think the fact that he knows how good his car is, mm. he waits, he waits for the right opportunity to pass, doesn't jeopardize, you know, his championship, doesn't jeopardize points. You know, he just, he waits for that moment and he's taking like he's gonna he's gonna finish every race this year bar from a mechanical failure and he's probably gonna f- finish first or second in every one of those races mm-hmm. um but like that's that's that is something that is something that he can control whereas Checo is showing that yeah the car is great the 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 level of error you can afford is shrinking every race. And then I thought it was insane how <laughs> McLaren bring upgrades and they they instantly become the team that has sort of been the closest to the Red Bulls in this whole season, you mm. know, like that. You know, there was it was still a much shorter link in the last 14 laps. He only got three seconds ahead of yeah, Norris. Like that's that's we haven't seen that this year yet. So that's still good signs for well, the future. He pulled twelve on Checo in a similar time at um, Austria, so on a much shorter yeah. track. So that's shows you the pace differential there. But uh, I, I, you know, I take your Checo point, but I also think the team as a whole is performing. Other than Checo, like they're performing, their pit stops are quick as they always are. Christian Horner's at the top of his game. Adrian Newey is at the top of his game. Like just as a whole, that organization is on another level at the moment. What was the word we were using when we were at Ferrari? My favourite word from last year, like game. Uh, match fitness. Match fitness. They're showing like, you know, proper team match fitness. Like mm. Everything's working. No no mistakes in the pit stops. No, no mistakes in strategy <laughs> at all. Even like, even when, when, when Checo stuffs it, like their strategy is still great. Like they're, mm. they're still great. They're still making like mass positions. During the race, it's just they can't afford to start. In, they have to get out of Q three, yep. Q one. Sorry, that's just unexcusable. Yep. Can yeah, you I imagine? Agree. You just imagine being Checo and leaving Q one 
with two two Afataris, <laughs> uh, two uh, not even two Afataris, a Haas, and um, Alpha and Alpha Romeo, and the Red Bull. You must feel like the biggest dickhead. Just like what? Am I doing? What was what's what pissed me off last year? And I don't know if it's the British bias on Sky because that's the coverage we get, and because it was mm. Lando. But the difference between Lando and Daniel wasn't as big as the difference between Max and Checo this year. And you're it's not definitely- hearing as much shit being spoken as what you did last year about Danny. There, Rick. there are not many. There are there are not many people who actually like. Max in the sky box, except probably mm. Martin Brundle. Mm. Like he, he definitely rubs up people the wrong way um, with his no bullshit attitude. And yeah, I think like the British drivers are, are, are absolute king. And it, you know, it's fine. Like we, it is what it is. Unless, unless you're Anthony, we 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 give our Aussie drivers the same sort of treatment, which is fine. Like <laughs> you, you you root for the you know you root mm. for your, your 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 boys, and I have nothing against it. I thought. I thought the the fans that turned up at um, at Silverstone this week, and then sort of the the race they got, and the fact that they had you know two Brits on the two Brits on the podium on the podium had a, a few moments to cheer for their Brits. You know, even George Russell, I think, what came fifth as well. So there was mm. a few of them, a few of them up there. Like I, I love when the home fans sort of get a showing like that. Same as when I when Ferrari goes to Monza and they win. I love when mm. when the home fans get something. From the, I would love to be at a race where an Australian wins at Albert Park. Like I think that would that would be such an awesome feeling. Um, and I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying. Like Danny got Danny Rick got such a bad time. And the thing as well was the car was actually dog shit. Yeah, like we we, ha- we have to remember that as well. Like yeah, Lando was racing the dog shit car better. Yeah. But it was still dog shit. Like Oscar's, if this is the car Oscar's got for the rest of the season that we think it is, he's going to be able to push on, push on, make passes, challenge Lando. Um, and I, I'm interested to see if he can challenge Lando, how it then sort of, you know, this, the way that the sky people look at, look at Oscar would, if that would sort of, Start mm. souring if he starts beating Lando. Like th- these are things that are going to happen with a better car. Um, but yeah, like che- like when when you break it down, Checo is doing so bad. Like it's only been two or three races where I've, where I think I think you mentioned it last race, and I thought, nah, he'll be he'll be okay. <laughs> but then this race happened. It's like, oh, if it happens again, hmm. it, it's such it's it's such a like a waste. Of like a, of a gift, you know, and we and we were saying like he's he's gonna you know he'll he'll take this opportunity of both hands and he's got it two two wins this year, but I think he, this season he'll be more remembered that he was embroiled in a battle for second in the constructors with a car that then scored more points than every other constructor on the grid with one drive, you know, like it's gonna it's gonna look stupid. Well, I think I saw today we're at the point now where if Max finishes second in for the rep. Rest of the season in every race, he can still win the championship. So it's um he's got that much of a points lead. So yeah. Anyway, that was Silverstone, mate. I love this race every year. It always serves up good racing. Um, looking forward to Hungaroring. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to my brother. Mm-hmm. Which one, Anthony, for being such a bitch <laughs> that he had to go on holidays in Europe so he could miss the um. Revival, the the revival of this sport and didn't have to, you know, have a phone call to me in the morning discussing what he missed and how much of a, you know, backstabbing, you know, piece of shit he is um, talking all this smack about the season. And then right when it starts getting good, it's like, ah, I'm checking out fellas. I'm not coming back. Yes, he is. He'll be back. He is a lover of motorsport, that boy, and he'll be back. If it's good, he'll watch it. So, but guys, Thank you for listening. It's uh, it's been it's been an awesome couple of weeks of racing between Austria and here and uh, the supercars as well, which we didn't get a chance to touch on. But I'm sure we'll, that we'll, that'll come. We'll do that. We'll do that next week. We got an off yeah. week next week. Yeah. So plenty and of supercars. Week we'll do, next week we'll do a, uh, a review of this weekend. Yeah. And then we'll also do a pr- like a preview of 
Sydney, which is the week after that. So we'll do a review preview. Yeah. Um, I should have my tickets as well by then, so I can tell you where I'll be sitting. Uh, lovely. Um, wouldn't mind going on the hill, actually, but... Uh... Thank you for listening. Keep liking, subscribing, uh, engaging in the socials. But uh, Joey, mate, thanks for joining. Uh, It was a good chat and um, have a good night. Hopefully the good racing keeps coming. Damn straight, mate. Damn straight. Thanks, dude. See ya.